Welcome to the See the Upside podcast. I'm Nina, your podcast host. On the show, we dive deep into all the ways to uplevel your life with a focus on positivity and growth. Interviews with industry experts and innovators in the areas of wellness, spirituality, relationships, personal growth, and more shed light on all of the best practices. We talk about how to overcome obstacles, find positivity, and create and live an authentic life you love. Every challenge is an opportunity for expansion. That's what I like to call seeing the upside. Whatever challenges you've been through, be it divorce or otherwise, you deserve to discover and live your very best life. We're here to help you find it. Thanks so much for joining the conversation, and I really hope you enjoy the show. You can follow us on Instagram at c.theupside, on Facebook at c.theupside, and visit our website at c.theupside.com. Welcome to the See the Upside podcast. I'm really excited for our guest today, business coach Carlin Bushman. Carlin has been in the business and corporate world for over 32 years and has spent the majority of her career as a single mom figuring out how to make it all work. When Carlin made the switch from the corporate world to the small business world, she quickly realized that working in your business is a lot different than working on your business. There are so many hats to wear and things to learn and do. It can be hard to focus on the things you love most about having your own business. But guess what? She's got a solution for that. Carlin helps with the financial, technological, managerial, and marketing aspects of her clients' businesses so that they can focus on what they know and do best. The reason they started their business in the first place, their core products and services. By taking care of the many details that small business owners have to juggle and prioritize every day, she's able to lift her clients up to their next level of growth and success. She has a ton of free resources available on her website, carlinbushmanconsulting.com. And she's going to talk us through some of the many common obstacles we small business owners face with some ideas on how to navigate and solve so we can delegate, expand, and grow. I actually have quite a few questions for her myself that I can't wait to ask. Welcome to the show, Carlin. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you, Nina. I'm so happy to be here. And thank you for the opportunity to share our message with your audience. I love it. I think the universe brought you into my sphere for a reason. I I needed you right in this moment, I have a feeling. So I love it. Let's talk a little bit about what a business coach is and does and how you got to become one. Thank you, Nina. It's so good to be here to talk about business coaching. I realize there's a lot of different facets to business coaches and consultants and what they can offer to individuals. The uniqueness I bring to the table is I love the coaching aspect and the consulting aspect. And the difference there in coaching versus consulting is the coaching aspect really works with the client and organizes their level of focus and the goals that they wish to obtain for that particular week, month, quarter, or year. The business consultant jumps in and actually rolls up their sleeves with you to work with you inside your business. So it's two different aspects. And 
What I bring to the table are actually both. I really enjoy getting to know my clients and really working hand in hand with them and supporting them in their business goals while also rolling on my sleeves. And I think that's the part that spoke most to me. When I talk to my clients, I ask them, why did they start? Just like you're asking me, what really promoted them to go out on their own and become that person who is an entrepreneur? It isn't easy. So there must have been something that sent them down that path. Well, the same thing happened to me. When I first started, I was in the retail space. I was working inside my own startup business as a female entrepreneur, and I had a line of accessories, and it was mostly based online. And what I realized during my time with this business, my own business, which it is still active, actually, I was consulting and talking to other female entrepreneurs, and that was my passion. I did my own discovery zone exercise that I have on my website and realized I really, really enjoy talking to other women about starting their business and growing their business. So let's talk about that discovery zone tool that you developed that I've actually done myself, which I loved. I think it's a great exercise. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is? Certainly, Nina. I discovered this hence Discovery Zone, approximately 12 months ago. And what I realized as I was on my own journey, what was really getting me excited to get up in the morning? What really spoke to me and how I was going to match my passion with my expertise? That is how the Discovery Zone was formed. The Discovery Zone is a simple exercise you can download on my website where you take your passions on one side of the piece of paper and write them down. And these could be passions about anything at this point. They could be you enjoy gardening, you enjoy helping others, you enjoy spreadsheets, you enjoy whatever suits you, uh, talking to people, public speaking, doing podcasts. That's the passion side of the business or the passion side of the exercise. The other side is your expertise. You have expertise. Are you good at communicating with others? Are you good at listening? Are you good at interviewing? So there's a whole bunch of things that you become and or are an expert. Ask other people around you as well. What do people typically seek you out to say, oh, you'd be good at this. What are your thoughts? Or oh, you should do this more often. You're really talented here. When you hear people say that, that is exactly what you write down. That's your expertise. We all have unique things about us. Those are expertise. At that point, you spend five minutes or less on the passion side. And this is a time management exercise, by the way. So five minutes or less on the passion side, five minutes or less on the expertise side. And then you take them and you draw lines to match them up. This becomes your discovery zone. And there are a whole host of steps on the flip side of this exercise that will take you to your next steps, which it's very, very interesting and something you can do yourself. You can do it a couple times a year just to make sure you're still on the same page where you started. As you and I talked about, Nina, before we jumped on to our recording, you could do it at different stages of your life as well. When you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50, it might result in different passions. And of course, your expertise is going to evolve over time. Yeah, I love that. For me, it was so fun to actually sit down and reflect on these things, like really 
look at what are my passions with no judgment, no one, you know, not trying to get a right answer or anything and being able to kind of hit that spectrum of, you know, everything from organizing my closets to helping people and supporting people going through divorce, recording podcast episodes, writing, all those things, fashion. I mean, whatever it is, you know, mine was just like a rainbow spectrum. In fact, mine went onto two pages. Like my passions, I've got a lot of passions. My my uh, expertise list is maybe a little bit shorter. <laughs> it's like not even the full page, but it's hard to give yourself credit for things. I think you have to sort of get out of yourself and think, what would my kids or friends or my mom and dad say that I'm good at and kind of view it from that, that place that kind of helps you get out of that, you know, oh, I think I'm good at this or whatever, you know, so it was fun. I loved it. It was good. Nina, there is no question your expertise list is much longer, I'm sure, than what you wrote down. And I find that a lot when I'm talking to other women about this particular exercise. Had we talked about this before we jumped on this podcast together, I would have probably encouraged us to actually me interview you throughout the exercise and have the whole podcast based on your passions, your expertise, and the outcome of that exercise. But we could save that for another episode. (laughs) We're definitely doing that for sure. I want to know what else I'm good at. I need to dig a little bit deeper, I think. Yeah, well, I think and that may be something that's that's kind of an interesting issue to bring up, which is after divorce or if you've been out of the workforce like many women in our age group are, you tend to feel deficient in a lot of areas. I was just on a podcast interview with a divorce coach friend of mine, and and she was saying how hard it was. She went through divorce and went back into the workforce at the same time. And she said it was so humbling and almost like in the areas of embarrassing and humiliating because like Microsoft office suite has changed light years in the last 20 years. And she was like, oh my gosh, word does not look the same. Like if I even copy and paste and, you know, it's just these places where we lose our confidence a little bit and forget all the things that we really are good at that doing pivot tables in Excel is just one thing. And perhaps that's even something that as a small business person, or even as a woman returning to the workforce, maybe that's something that you can either learn the basics on or that you can outsource, especially on the small business side, that maybe you don't have to know everything and be an expert in everything. So it's okay to to have um, some things that don't make the expertise list. And that is something that we address. Matter of fact, I had that conversation with a client this morning. We address that when we begin to work together. And I work with female entrepreneurs from their idea and concept all the way through. I've got clients who have been in business five, six, seven, ten years at this point. So it does run the spectrum. And what I find is... Yes, it's good to learn a little bit about when you're talking about the technology aspect, there's enough to learn, 
but let go of the things that don't serve you. And this is in both in life, as I listen to your podcast episodes, and in business, do what serves you. And I understand there is a price to that because you have to pay for the outsourcing. I understand that too. But you will get more out of your time spent on only the things that you can do. I can't write for you necessarily. I am not your voice. I am not you in an interview for the podcast. I do what only I can do. You're growing your podcast audience. You're growing your writing audience or what, whatever the case might be. That's you. Let somebody else worry about the pivot table that talks about your financials. You don't have to do that. Let them present that information. And what I try to communicate to the clients that I work with is give another individual the opportunity to grow in that field as well. In today's world, remote work and virtual work is so prevalent. If you try to learn that yourself, which it's okay to learn, I embrace learning. I'm always learning. I feel like However, if you give another individual the opportunity to make a living or make make some kind of income from their expertise, you're helping somebody else and they're growing their business. How wonderful is that? Instead of taking it away thinking you need to learn how to do all this stuff, well, they can't do your job. They can't interview somebody on a podcast, but they sure can do a pivot table in less than 30 minutes. I am certain of that. Let them do that because that's their passion. And that's probably what they would have written down as their passion and expertise on their discovery zone. So it's sort of a win-win when we allow ourselves to let go of those things that don't really serve us. Yeah. I love, I love viewing it from that way that it's almost like a balance of energy, kind of like letting everybody be their best and show up as their best and not trying to do everything at an average level, you know, focusing more of your time and energy at the things that you're really, really good at. So what would you say for someone who's just starting out though? I know you have created your own successful small business in the retail space, as you mentioned. And I think you really gained some valuable lessons through trial and error with, you know, all different aspects of a business. And I think that's one of the hard things about starting a business is you really do feel like you have to to learn and figure everything out. How do you guide someone to know where to go, how to navigate that, when to let go and, you know, where to spend your energy? It is definitely a process, Nina, and it depends where you are in your particular journey. If you've got a fabulous idea and you think you've got this fabulous idea and you've vetted it out, whether it's a product or service, the one thing you have to do right out of the gates is get to know your numbers. It's not a business until you really know your numbers. You have to know your numbers. And that is the price or cost of your service or good and what it's going to take to get it off the ground. There's a lot of variance there. So that would be a worksheet that, that I would go through with a particular client right out of the gates. If you've already got your product and it's already, or your service, and it's already 
up on your website and you are in manufacturing already and those things are moving forward, there's a few other steps that you can take. But what I do have on my website as another free resource are four fast action items to jumpstart your business. And those four key things are a great place to start. It's almost as if it's a checklist for you to walk through to see how that feels. If you go through this checklist and it feels overwhelming, it's a good time to pause to think, do I really love this product product and service? When I get up in the morning, am I super excited to jump in and work through these four steps or take the next steps after that? You have to really think about that. If the answer is no, then we should go back to pivot and we should think through passion and expertise one more time. You can do this as many times as you would like. So if you start with the discovery zone and then you go to the four fast action items and you're still excited and you feel good about what you want to embark upon, then you go to the next step and that's actually launching the business. Those steps are also applicable if you are within your first 12 to 18 months, just to make sure if you are moving your business from a hobby, because you probably know your numbers, to an actual business. Well, and I think that that point of hobby to business is an interesting topic. And going into, it also kind of connects to that pulling other experts in and being willing to pay them for their beautiful expertise and services that I think a lot of women who are starting and running businesses are afraid to charge for their services, that they feel like they can work for free indefinitely. And what would your advice be to someone that's struggling with that, that maybe isn't charging enough or isn't charging at all? Or how can you shift that perspective for that person that they realize the value they're bringing to the table and that people want to pay them for their services or product, that that's part of what we do in this life and world. Just like I'm happy to pay someone to do my taxes all day long because I, could I try to do it? Maybe, but it would like hurt my brain and my heart and like, just would probably put me in the fetal position and it would probably waste 40 hours of research and time. Like it just would not be worth it. So I happily stroke that check to my CPA every year and thank her with a very grateful heart. And that money is every single penny is worth it. So I think we have to start viewing ourselves and our services and our products that way too, but it's harder when it's you, you know? Right. And I think that's where the business coach side of my business comes into play because that happens more times than I care to admit. And would you be so bold as to ask another person for their services for free? No, you just gave the perfect example where you would never think to ask your CPA, hey, how about you do my taxes and I will... Have you on my podcast. (laughs) Have you on my podcast. I'm not about trades. I don't think it ever helps female entrepreneurs level up. I think we all respect each other enough to pay for each other's services. And we all only grow together as we respect each other. And that's where the confidence really comes in 
with your service or product, when you can charge for it, there's nothing wrong with a hobby. I love hobbies. I have plenty of hobbies. I have hobbies of things I like to do and make and give away as gifts, whatever the case might be. I don't charge for those or or I maybe charge minimum. That's okay. We can have a thousand of those. But if you're in a business, you need to charge and you need to charge appropriately for what your skill set is. It's okay. And if if that particular group of people, they don't want to pay that price or whatever that might be, that's not your avatar. Your avatar is the ideal customer who you should be marketing to. So you will have people who won't want to pay for that. It's okay. There are a lot of humans out there that you can market your goods or services to. You don't feel like you have to discount your good goods or services or not charge for them just to please somebody else. What is that doing for you? Nothing. Well, and I think sometimes when you price things a little higher, they're valued more. Like, do you think, I don't think Louis Vuitton ever has the sale and the, everybody wants those bags, whether they can afford them or not. Like there's a line outside the mall at fashion square. Every time I go there, I mean, there, there are no sales going on there ever that I've heard of, you know, maybe that's not the best analogy, but I think It is true that when something has a cost affiliated with it, that it all of a sudden has value. You think about, you know, maybe even offering free webinars. Well, anybody and their brother will sign up for it, but will they actually show up? Maybe, you know, probably 30% of the people will show up. But if you charge, I don't know, $250 for your webinar, you can be sure people are going to show up. And, you know, that's how by charging appropriately, you're able to expand your services and product to offer it to more people in the world, too, is another way to look at it, that by you having success and abundance, you're able to give more. So sometimes that can help get you into that headspace of stopping giving everything for free all the time. And it creates choices, Nina, right? So just as you alluded to, you charge for your services, you make that income, you pay your bills, you can give to charity, you employ others, you employ freelancers. Now you're contributing how you decide to contribute, whatever that contribution is. But the choice is now yours. And there is nothing more liberating and confident building than having that choice. And as a female entrepreneur, taking up space and having choices builds confidence in whatever path you're choosing. And it's an incredible feeling to wake up and know that you're in charge. You're in control of that. Yes. Well, and that you're also able to multiply and create more and better products and services for your clients that appreciate everything that you're doing. If you're not charging, you're limiting yourself and limiting what you're able to provide. Correct. Yeah. Where do you think a lot of women get stuck? What's a very common roadblock that you see as women are, are trying to create or build a business? I see two aspects. Overwhelm. I guess these could actually tie in together. No question. I feel overwhelmed. And there is 
several books out there. I'm an avid reader and avid podcast listener. And Eve Rodsky, yes, Eve Rodsky put out a book not too long ago. And I actually had the opportunity and was so grateful to be part of a Zoom as she was presenting her book, Fair Play. And her book talks about all the hats that women wear. So to your point, I think overwhelm happens and it's just too much. And they, women often have, and I'm speaking to women because I am a business consultant and coach for female entrepreneurs specifically. I see them wearing so many hats. They go into overwhelm. There's too much to do. And they at least tried it, which is great. Of course, that is a celebration in and of itself. And then they let it go because it's just been too much for them. And there are a lot of highs and lows when starting out on a business. You're going to experience months of really quiet periods and you feel really alone to months of, and years, to months of incredible highs, all the confidence in the world, all the successes and all the celebrations. And my clients have all of the above. And it's riding that wave and feeling that you can get through some of those challenging months, weeks, days, whatever the case is, and continuing and pushing through. I have one client, one of her quotes is, if you get tired, rest, don't quit. And that is so true for so many of us that you just keep on going and there's a reason you're doing it. And that has to go back once again to your passion and expertise discovery zone document. You're there and you're doing this for a reason. And what is your purpose? So I think overwhelm is one. I think the other thing that happens often is time management. It's easy to start to get off of your mission statement or your true calling on why you started the business and get into the details. And that's another reason I jump in more often than not to say, oh, let's stay in our lane. Let's stay in our lane. Focus on the big picture. You're the only one that can go out and be the name and the face of your brand. You have to go do that. Don't start to let yourself get off onto the shoulder and talk about new products or new services. Get out in front of everything and really talk about your big product, your your new launch, your new service, whatever that case is, and let everybody else fill in behind you to run that campaign, to put your other ideas to paper so that we can massage those maybe in the next quarter or what have you, but stay focused. Focused is is very big. So I see that happening often. I could see that. That's something I really struggle with is like shiny object syndrome where I'm like, oh gosh, that idea. Let's go. I like that. What if we, and then my mind goes into this whole separate trajectory of a business that's not related to what I'm doing. And, but that's, that's a real hazard of doing it by yourself is you have conversations with friends and and people that you interact with, but you're running your business by yourself. So you don't have that structure around you to say, Hey, wait, remember we're this, this is our mission statement. It's just you. And you can be like, well, maybe now my mission statement is this, like, you know, you can't write, you got, you have to focus. And I love that a coach brings that accountability kind of keeps you on that roadmap of like, wait a minute, our roadmap is 
this, remember? It's not that over there. This is what we talked about. And to get to this end goal, you need to keep walking on this road. You can't go on this fork over here or you're not going to get to your goal that, that we have on the map. And it's okay to change the goal, but then, you know, then that changes the whole map. And then we need to sit down and, and reconfigure. So I love that, that accountability, that partnership. But I also think I've, I really like, and what I've learned in the coaching industry in general, the whole heart and soul behind coaches is someone that sees things in you that you don't always have the ability to see. And I'm talking about good and bad things, but mostly it's for women, it's mostly good things that they don't quite believe yet. And that your coach can say, well, I just saw you do this. And that's pretty freaking amazing. Like, do you, do you remember doing that? Like, because when you're living your own life, it's like running your own business, you're running your own life. You don't always see things clearly. So I think that's a really, really cool thing that comes out of having a coach, whether it's a life coach, a business coach, whatever kind of coach service that you enlist. I think it's, it's a really wonderful new resource that's out there that can be incredibly life-changing. And Nina, to your point, I have three things to tag on to that. The first is really document those milestones That's such a great exercise. So I'm talking about the day you decide to purchase the domain from GoDaddy. You purchased your domain, seetheupside.com, whatever the case might be, right? Secondly, you started your first podcast. So by documenting your milestones, and I don't care that this does not have to be fancy. It can be in a notebook. It can be on a notepad. It can be electronically. It can be on a Word document. You need to document those milestones. There is no greater joy than when you're sitting there going, oh my goodness, look how far I have not gone or look what barriers I'm up against right now. You should look at those milestones on a regular basis. You have come a lot longer, like a lot further in your path than you can even imagine. and. To your other point on creating that focus and that shiny object syndrome, what I often see happens is I close that gap on time. So if your goal is to get to X by the end of 2021, if you're allowed to go off and the shiny object and the shiny object, and then by the time you're done with 2021, you think, oh man, I just didn't hit that goal that I wanted to. What a coach and consultant does is exactly that. They keep you on track for that and they close that gap on time. So instead of saying it's the end of 2021 and I didn't hit that goal, more often than not, you're going to say it's the end of the third quarter and I've already achieved that goal. It's a really amazing feeling and it really serves that launch pad into the next growth goal that you would like to set up for yourself. And then the third thing on that point also, I'm very big on measurements. So every time I work with a client, we have very specific goals that we like to measure. And of course, sales is going to be one without a doubt. How do we get to that sales number? What do we have to do to get to that sales number? How will we move the needle on that growth? What does that growth look like? How many people or customers or PR have we done as far as reach outs are concerned? So everything should be really set up in some kind of measurable metrics to be able to see 
those milestones, to be able to measure how far you've gone, to be able to decide, is it time to pivot? Those are really helpful tools so you know you're not just spinning your wheels. And as an owner and founder of a company, you want to know those things. You need to know those things. You should have somebody in the background being able to say, look, this is where you are. This is where you're going. This is what we've got ahead of us. This this is great. Yeah. Accountability, I think, is very important. Looking at data and understanding it. And that's what's really going to catapult you out of hobby into successful business. Exactly. So what about if you're like me and you have something that you love that you're pursuing, but you also have a day job? How do you work to balance that? How do you navigate any kind of a transition? What's, what's kind of your advice on that? Well, first and foremost, give yourself some grace. Yes. You don't have to accomplish the world in 90 days or less. It is 110% okay to keep your day job as you are building your side hustle. This is so common, of course, right? As you build your side hustle into something that you could see stepping into full-time. And I'm sure you've listened to other podcasts, How We Built This is a great podcast. He always is, he's always interviewing individuals who have started and they started it out of their apartment as a side hustle. I've got several books by female entrepreneurs, the same, same kind of thing. You have to be very diligent. The one and only thing I would tell you to do is first go through that again, discovery zone to know you're on the path of what you really want to spend your extra time on. Otherwise you just won't. There'll be a reason you'll find a million reasons not to spend your time on your side hustle with that. You must be good at time management. So the number one thing I would say is work on your block scheduling. And block scheduling can be super helpful. You know you're going to work 8.30 or 8 o'clock until 5.30 or 6. You're going, you're going to come home. You're going to give yourself 90 minutes to do personal things, whatever the case might be. Then take your schedule. And I do this every week. I take my schedule and I block out two hours on this day, three hours on this day. I'm very diligent about this. And I actually set my phone timer for that 90 minutes or for the two hours or for the 45 minutes. Time management will be your best friend and working on your business as a side hustle. So you do not have to stop your day job. I wouldn't ask anybody to do that. I know we have to all pay our bills. You can make a lot of progress if you start to become really diligent on time management. And there's two things that I also integrate with my time management. I do the block scheduling. I also do what's called the 15-minute task list. And I have a running task list that I keep on my calendar. And it's you'd be surprised how many times you have 15-minute increments of space. So for instance, if I sit down and I know my block time to really work on my business is from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., but I sit down at my computer at 6.38. I know I've got 15 minutes there to do things that just need to get done. That could be a couple social media posts for the next week. That could be cleaning off my desktop files. That could be all kinds of little task-oriented things. You would be amazed what you can get done in 15 minutes that will also set you up for success when working on your side hustle. So keep that short list 
and then use your block time to work on the bigger stuff, your website development, maybe blog writing, maybe proof of concept with your product, maybe all your reach outs. Maybe that's the time you dedicate an hour to reaching out to family, friends, clients, customers, whatever the case is to build your business. You can email anybody any time of the day. Email is not disruptive. Maybe that is creating a Facebook ad. There's lots of things you can do during your two-hour, 90-minute, whatever the block time is you set aside, and make sure you commit to that. That does not mean if there's an emergency that comes up, you ignore that. But that does mean if something comes up that would be easy to think, oh, I'm going to go to the grocery market, and who cares if I dip into my 90-minute block time? No, no. You're better off ordering online and having it delivered to your house at that point. So you have to be diligent in time management. Yeah, I think email can be a big black hole. You know, my my personal email is, I think I need to get on like a plane ride to Europe where I'm stuck on the plane and just clean it out, you know, where I just go through everything. Because it's hard when you start going through your daily emails, you, you click on links and all of a sudden I'm shopping at Saks for sundresses. <laughs> you know, I was cleaning out my email two minutes ago. Like, it's just so easy, like you said, to get sidetracked. But I agree. I love time blocking. I just started doing that. And I actually started doing it in my day job. We're all spend, you know, half an hour checking emails first thing in the morning. And then I stop. And then I start doing some of my project work and I say, okay, I'm going to work on this presentation for 45 minutes and I'm going to do calls for this amount of time or whatever. And it's really, really effective. It, it allows you to focus so much more on the task at hand because you're letting everything else go. You're committing to not trying to thin yourself out with all these other things and get distracted. So I love that advice. And Nina, I have on my website, time management resources as well. So easy if you want to walk through the details of that 15 minute task list. I also have something called cave day that is incredibly beneficial that those details are on my website as well. But I challenge you today for the next week to set your phone alarm for 15 minutes and clean out your emails. So if you've okay. got a 15 minute window that you know just exists, set your phone timer for 15 minutes. And when that timer goes off, you back away and you're done for the day. And then you find another 15 minute or done for that particular time frame. You find another 15 minute window. You just set your, your timer for 15 minutes. You do your emails. And if you go down that rabbit hole and end up shopping on the links or what have you, that's part of your 15 minutes. When it goes off, you have to back away. You have to say, done, whatever I got done, I got done. I got to deal with the rest of the next time. You just let it go. That again is another one of those feelings that's incredibly liberating. You think, okay, I got yeah. done everything that I was going to get done. Freeing. Yeah, I like that. Okay, challenge accepted. I'm going to do that. I'll let you know how it works out. <laughs> So we've covered quite a few topics and probably have some topics we could circle back to and have you back on again another time. Was there, I know you have some new things going on with your business. Let's talk about that. Tell us, tell us what you have going on. Yes. I would love to share this with your audience for the month of July. I am running a campaign for all small 
business, female entrepreneurs, that they can go onto my website and fill out an application. And what this entails is an application for my fall gift guide. It is free of charge, absolutely no strings attached. What I would like to do is support female entrepreneurs and their small businesses and their growth opportunities. And my ultimate goal is to give visibility and exposure for these female business owners for seven weeks. So the gift guide becomes available for promotional purposes from September 7th through October 31st. And Again, I'm taking all applicants through the month of July. We will notify them the first week of August and then request specific assets from them, such as logos, pictures for posting. And there's a ton of information on my website, what this entails. In other words, social media posts, email blasts, website. I will actually on my website have a whole page created for that fall gift guide. And we'll be promoting that fall gift guide over and over and over throughout the months of September and October. The real reason, aside from giving the visibility and exposure, is to get these female entrepreneurs comfortable with promoting their products, charging for their products and services, and getting geared up for those holiday gift guides. I'm not going to do a holiday gift guide. I want to get ahead of it and do the fall gift guide. And it's a great time for female entrepreneurs to practice reaching out and reaching out for those holiday gift guides that come up very quickly and in preparation for the 2022 season when there are gift guides that go out frequently. So it's a little bit of both. It's the visibility, it's the learning for those female entrepreneurs, and of course, the promotional aspect of them. What a great idea. I love that it's going to be ahead of the you know big noise of all the holiday gift guides. I also think to me, holiday gets so Christmassy. Like I, you know, it's like red and green, everything. Fall is a little bit less locked into that. I think it'll, and I love gift guides. I'm always trying to find the right gifts for everybody on my list. And I start shopping like now. I mean, I'm already, you know, thinking about Christmas and keeping my eyes and ears open but the idea to support small women entrepreneurs, I, I think is wonderful too. So I can't wait until that comes out. I'll be sure to let everybody know about it. So we'll sideline in ways that I can help promote the application process now. And then also once the gift guide comes out so that we can share that with our community so everybody can hear about all the wonderful gifts that are out there and how they can support these awesome female entrepreneurs too, which I think is a win, 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 right? I mean, it's just a win for everybody. So it's great. Well, and my theme for both June and July was collaboration and connection. So this is near and dear to my heart, collaborating and connecting with other women to up-level all of their businesses is brings joy. And I actually love the fall season. So it's near and dear to my heart as well. And it's goods and services. It's not just products. If you have a service that would like to be considered by all means, you submit an application as well. That's great. Okay. That sounds great. So one, anything else you want to tell us about your business, we can share with everybody how to find you. It's carlinbushmanconsulting.com. 
on Instagram, it's at Carlin Bushman Consulting. Facebook is at CMB Brands. And then LinkedIn, of course, is Carlin Bushman. So everybody should follow you on all those channels. You share a lot of really helpful resources, have a lot of guidelines. And then of course, you have these wonderful downloadable tools on your website too. So I think that's great. And if they want to reach out for consultation with you, I know you do an initial consultation with all your clients too, but that's a great way for you both to explore how you can help them focus their business and up-level their business. So I think that's, that's awesome. So one question I like to ask all of the guests on See the Upside is what book are you reading now? Or what are some of your favorite books? I love to get new ideas on new reads. I'm constantly reading. I can't wait to hear what what you would recommend. There are several books that I read. It just depends on what is actually going on, what some of the more popular ones are. The one book that I really found enlightening recently is Leadership and Self-Deception getting out of the box. And this book was recommended by a group of individuals. It's through the Arbinger Arbinger Institute, and it can be applied both personally and professionally. And it's talking about getting out of the box. I think you will find it fascinating because it talks about the psychology behind business interactions and personal interactions and how your approach really matters in these interactions. So I think I'm actually going to read that book again. There's a lot of information in it, but it is a very fast read and it's very relatable. So that was the one book that I would recommend for certain. A book I would read if I were focused on starting my business or some tools on starting my business, Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. It actually is a book that has a video series attached to it. So it's really great. And you can read it. It's 60 days, basically. And it walks you through everything about a business. Things to know, things that are helpful, really applicable items right out of the gates. And you take, you watch the video, you read the book. So you can do this intermittently. I think I read this book over the course of honestly, not 60 straight days. It it probably took me four months. So you can spread it out as long as you want. So that's a great book from a business perspective. The audible book that I listened to recently was Green Light by Matthew McConaughey. Oh my gosh, I love that book so much. I've recommended that a lot of times. I And it has to be him on Audible. You have to hear him telling the story. And it's interesting because I've had resistance where I've had people say, oh, he's weird. He just smokes weed and like plays the bongos or whatever. And I'm like, no, you have to listen to this book. It's really good. It was so good. And even some of my friends who are the biggest book critics and only read, it would never think of doing Audible, loved it, loved the Audible, said that is the only way to listen to that book or read that book. So that was fabulous. You have to mix in some light stuff because I have a tendency to read a lot of business books and psychology books and things of that nature. So to mix in something like Greenlight, which did have its share of psychology behind it was fascinating. Yeah. But his delivery is so easy to listen to. Like, yes, it has 
spiritual and philosophical and kind of ways to live your life, but it actually is delivered in a very soft, you know, uh, relatable way. It's interesting because that book is actually very similar to a commencement speech he gave at University of Houston several years ago. I don't remember what year it was, but I had listened to that speech over and over. And it's like his 13 rules about life or something. And he tells some of the same stories and has kind of those same kind of life reflections in the book. But I thought the book was kind of interesting too, because, you know, here he is a celebrity and an actor, but he explains how he got there. And yes, he was always kind of a charismatic person and things maybe came to him a little bit easier than some people, but he had some some hard stories in there too, and had his own obstacles and challenges. And, you know, it was, it was good. I loved it. And he owns it and he's transparent. And that's what the audiences, your audience, my audience could always ask from all of us, just own it and be transparent. So important. Yeah. Just so true. Be authentic. Mm -hmm. So the last question I'm going to ask you, I'm not sure that I had prepared you for, and it's not a big deal, but what is a song that is on your playlist that you love to listen to that you always come back to? Do you have a, a song that you love? Well, my kids would make fun of me about this particular song. I am passionate about Sweet Caroline by by Neil Diamond. It always puts me in that summer mindset. I don't know why I think of baseball, probably because of the Boston Red Sox tie-in with that particular song. So that is always a near and dear favorite for years and years and years. Beyond that, of course, anything by Coldplay is usually on my playlist for sure. Get Out of My Way is a really great song by a fabulous artist, Deanna DeVincenzi. I think that's a uplifting, very female inspired song. So that's another song too. So I, I could go on. I love concerts. I, I go to concerts pre-COVID and now hopefully post-COVID quite a bit. So every kind of music genre, I'm a fan. Oh my gosh. I know. I think we're all ready to go see some live music and go dance again. It sounds so good. Right. Right. And I, I do love Sweet Caroline and Neil Diamond. It's, I mean, he's so good. So great. He's so good. So, well, thank you so much for joining the show. I feel like I've learned so much today. I probably have a million more questions for you. So, uh, but we'll definitely promote your, your July uh, event going on as far as um, accepting applications for the fall promo. And I can't wait to see how all that turns out. I'm going to comb through your website again, because you mentioned so many wonderful tools and links, and we'll include all of those in the show notes. So everybody can find them really easily. And thank you. It's been such a pleasure. been so much fun spending time with you. Thanks, Nina. Same to you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining today's episode of See the Upside podcast. For more details about today's guest and show notes and links, visit our website at seetheupside.com. 
You can find us on Instagram at c.theupside and Facebook at c.theupside. If you love today's show, please spread the light by giving us a rating or sharing it with a friend. We appreciate you so much and love sharing the positivity with anyone who could be inspired by it. We're all on a beautiful journey and it's so much more fun doing it together and sharing our stories with each other along the way. Can't wait till next time.